We're here today with Renee Brown, Director of Counseling for Catholic Charities of Central Texas, Deacon Ronnie Lastavica, our Pastoral Care Coordinator for the Diocese of Austin Restorative Justice Ministry in the Gatesville area, and myself, Father Harry Dean, a priest of the Diocese of Austin, also in service to restorative justice. And we're concluding our four-part series on the topic of manipulation. Renee, we've been uh, speaking specifically about uh, manipulators, their tactics, their styles. Uh, how can someone protect themselves against a manipulator? So there's uh, several ways that you can protect yourself. Um, remember that the manipulator, Deacon Ronnie brought this up in a break, like projections, right? These people are projecting all sorts of things on you, their feelings, their emotions, their wants, their needs, their desires. It's all being projected at you. And so some things that you can do to protect yourself against a manipulator. First, understanding manipulation and the signs of manipulation. And I think we've given you all some really good information um, to rec- for recognizing the signs of manipulation. But after that, really, it's about listening to yourself, listening to your feelings, and trusting your gut, right? We have instincts that tell us, or God is telling us, like, no, this is not right. You know, listen to that voice. Um, If you feel like uh, self-doubting or if you feel confused, be aware of that and consider why you're feeling that way, right? Pay attention to what the manipulative person is doing, what they're saying, and then think about how is that affecting you on the inside? Are you feeling nervous? Are you feeling weird about it? Um, It maybe feels wrong to you. Um, Listen to that. Trust your gut. You know, that's one of the, the best ways to protect yourself. You know, focusing on the actions and not the words. We talked about that before. Don't assume that when somebody tells you something that they're telling you the truth, right? Um, Actions always speak louder than words. I can remember hearing that growing up all my life. My mom would go, you know, actions speak louder than words. And really, I don't know that I really thought about it, right? You know, okay. But it's so true. You can tell me you love me, right? But if you show me behind your actions. I know it's the truth. And the same thing with the manipulator. They're telling you, oh, nobody likes you. I'm your only friend. Well, what proof is there in that? What action is that? Because if you have five other people talking to you that you feel like you have this relationship with, then they're actually feeding you one of their lies, right? So you're watching the actions. You're being cognizant of behaviors. You're on top of it. Understand that you are not the problem. They are the problem, right? This is where they're working with those sensitive people. You know, oh, I want to fix their problem. I want to help them. No, you're not the problem and you're not there to fix it. Um, If you've realized that you're being manipulated, it's not your fault, right? That's on the manipulator. It's not your fault. Now, what you do going forward, right? But once you realize that you're being manipulated, you know, be aware you did nothing wrong. You didn't cause this person to manipulate you. They just chose to do that. But you're not responsible for their problems. Um, And stand for yourself. Be assertive. Um, Don't, it's kind of hard, but, you know, try not to respond to the techniques that they're using. 
you know, after these segments, most most everybody should be able to kind of recognize those signs of being manipulative. And so to be able to say, no, I'm not going to put up with that. I'm not going to stand for that, whatever, you know, be assertive in that. Um, if you're uncomfortable, well, if you're comfortable, you know, speak up for yourself, say no, or I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And remember that they're going to come back at you, right? Manipulators, sometimes they'll stop, but often they're, they're just going to change their tactic a little bit, right? Their feelings, their reaction to you saying no is not your responsibility. That's on them. So if you tell somebody, no, I'm not participating in this anymore, and they're like, I thought we were friends. You know, I thought you were going to help me with this, right? They're playing on that emotion. They're trying to make you feel guilty. You, That's nothing. That's their feeling. That's what they're doing, right? You're going to walk away. Evaluate the relationship with the manipulative person. I think this is important. Um, and consider all your options and then do what's comfortable with you, Right. A manipulative person could be your mom, it could be your dad, it could be your boyfriend, your husband, a child. Um, I I know I have been manipulated more than once from, from my children, and I'm an enabler that way. I recognize that about myself. So it's important to evaluate that relationship, right? Because maybe this person, if it's your mom, you know, maybe you're not going to cut them off because some manipulators will need to be cut off. But maybe you don't feel like you want to cut your mother off, although you might need to, right? So it can be like, or is this a person that you feel comfortable confronting? Maybe you feel safe in confronting your husband about his manipulative behaviors. Maybe you feel comfortable confronting your wife, but maybe this person's not safe, right? If this was a domestic violence type of relationship or something like that, or if the person that you're going to be confronting is abusive, you may need to do something differently, which may not be like, I'm going to confront you. It could be like, I'm just going to back off and put distance between me and this person and not engage with them anymore. So that's why I'm saying about evaluate the relationship and then consider the options of what to do, right? Because it could mean you just need to use really good boundaries. We're going to get into boundaries in a minute. Um, And we've talked about boundaries in some of our other episodes, and so maybe you just need better boundaries with people as well. It would seem like, and just recently, I uh, unfortunately had a, a episode with Poison Ivy. And uh, when I was looking up things on the Internet, what do you do with this? Okay, here's the things that you want to apply to it. But one of the key things was no matter how bad you want to scratch that stuff, don't scratch it because it's just going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. It spreads the oils all over the place and increases it just it strikes me that the manipulator is trying to convince the person they want to manipulate that they can scratch their itches and they can be very convincing. And, and at times it sounds to me like actually uh, if you let them manipulate, actually give you the sense of relief when really it isn't relief. So like with mm-hmm. the poison ivy, you just have to, to stand <laughs> firm and say what they're offering isn't a good and I really can't go there no matter how badly I want to scratch that itch. Oh, absolutely. I think that was <clears throat> a, a brilliant way to put that. Absolutely. Also, um, if you can, if you feel like you're able to confront the manipulator, it's going to help you to take your power back, mm-hmm. right? And, and not just from the, 
you know, the manipulator, but it's going to help develop that power within you, right? You're going to feel empowered to stand up maybe in other situations where you need to stand up. And when I feel feel powerful, that increases my self-esteem and it's going to increase your confidence. So confronting that manipulator and standing up for self can do a lot of good things for you, actually. So the the two questions are kind of in the same ballpark. How does somebody protect themselves against a manipulator? But our next one, how do you stop it once it's underway? Mm-hmm. So, okay, I didn't protect myself, and now all of a sudden I wake up with, with my deer in the headlights and, and wondering who I am and what was the number of that truck that just ran me over. Um, and I need to do something about this. I want to do something about this. Mm-hmm. What do I do? So remember, manipulation only works when you fail to recognize it or you're allowing it to happen. Manipulation can't happen if, if you don't allow it, right? So you're into it. Somebody's manipulating you. First, like, we refuse you have to refuse to engage with a bully. Just in your mind, you know that this person is a bully. I'm not going to engage with them. I refuse to do that. And so with this person, I mean, you know who they are. I mean, we usually know who the bullies are. They make it known often. So you're going to put distance <clears throat> between you and them. Put that distance. You don't have to talk to people. But they're calling me names. And they're taunting me to Mm -hmm. come back into their wheelhouse. Absolutely. And you're just going, I mean, you want to try to ignore those things. And it's really hard. It it is, right? It's It's hard to ignore those things. But eventually, when you enforce a behavior enough, when you enforce a boundary, people get the message and they will back off. You have to enforce it. If you give in one little time, they see the crack in your armor, so to speak, right? And so there's no giving in. And it's important to know, don't try to beat them at their own game. That's probably not going to happen, right? Like, They've done this to you, so maybe you can manipulate this way. Like, let's say the manipulator's been talking behind your back to people about you. Well, now I'm going to talk about them behind that. None of that's going to work, and it's just going to make things more challenging, more difficult. So, and remember, for most manipulators, like we've talked about in the other sessions, this is an art form for them. They've perfected their technique, right? So they're going to recognize one what you're going to what you're doing and they're going to have a way out. You know, they're going to be able to manipulate this to their advantage somehow. So it's not about seeking revenge and you don't want to try to beat them at their own game because it's not going to happen. One of the best things that you can do is set boundaries, right? Set boundaries and enforce them. Um We've done some sessions on boundaries before. Um, one of the hardest part we can set boundaries all day. I think most people will know a boundary, but the enforcement of the boundary is what's hard, right? So enforcing it and having consequences for that boundary is if, if there's a boundary violation, there needs to be some consequences, right? So, you know, if you're sharing with somebody who's been manipulated, Uh, manipulative with you, you know, that you're not going to engage with them. Maybe you're going to be cutting off your mom, you know, or maybe, you know, somebody close to you. Um, You know, it could be, I'm only going to talk to you once a week. 
if you're going to continue with this behavior. Well, when they continue with the behavior, or let's say it was twice a week, right? And you're like, I'm not going to talk to you except twice a week or something like that. Then when this behavior continues that you don't want, you may, I'm only going to talk to you once a week. You may even have to cut this person off to where, you know what? I will call you when I'm available, those kind of things. So the consequence has to be enforceable and you have to be the one to enforce it. So if it's a, if it's a thing of, you know, if you're going to be manipulative, if you're not going to do what I need you to do to respect me, you're not going to be coming into my cell to hang out. Well, then you have to back that up. And the first time that you feel like you're being manipulated, you're going to have to say you need to leave. You're not allowed to be in my space, right? So whatever boundary you put out, you have to enforce it um, to the point where you may have to cut people off or out of your life, actually. Um, create physical distance with manipulators, right? If you can, that's one of the best ways, best things to do is just put that distance in there, that physical distance. If, if you... I mean, I'm not sure of how it works in prison if you're assigned seats at lunch or whatever, but you sit at one end of the table, and if you see them coming, then you move to the other end or something like that. You want to have distance. You know, um, if it's a time for physical activity, you know, make sure that you're not going to be with them. Um, and examine your values. Know your worth. Um if you know who you are and you know what your values are and you know what your self-worth is, you won't get tied into these manipulations either. And then ending toxic relationships. And this is a really challenging one. Um, I've had people, um, they'll always throw at me the whole, um, Father Harry, honor thy mother and thy father. But, you know, it's like, okay, but if your mother or father is being toxic to you, you have to have a boundary with them, and that may be in cutting them off. There are some relationships due to being so toxic that you may have to cut them off or cut them off briefly until this person is willing to work on the relationship with you. Well, and I would argue that in and of itself would be a form of honoring my father and my mother in that moment because my father and my mother in that moment being toxic um, I can't I don't want to be codependent in that toxicity. And so I, if I bring myself out of that situation, they notice it, want to know why that may start them down the road of no longer being toxic. Exactly. Um, I did some I was reading um, some some research on this and I loved an article that I came across. And the, the guy that wrote it, his name is Preston Nye N I. So I could be saying this wrong, but. When, when you're in that beginning phases and somebody's trying to manipulate you, he came up with some really great questions that if you feel strong enough, like if you feel like you could kind of question this manipulative person, he has some questions that kind of will help shift the focus. And so one of his questions to say to somebody, does this seem appropriate to you? So if somebody's wanting you to do something, it's basically saying, well, would you do it yourself? Is this appropriate to you to do this? Another question is, are you asking me to do this or are you telling me to do this? Those are two completely different things that will provide clarification. Plus, either, these are the type of questions that may 
get somebody to kind of back off because they're going to be like, oh, I don't know that I can manipulate this person. They're asking me some good questions, right? Um, It could be, well, if you want me to do this, like, what's in it for me? How do I benefit from this? Because often the manipulator wants you to do things that are not beneficial to you at all. It's only beneficial to them. So asking them point blank, how does this benefit me? (laughs) And remember that they're going to come back with some little, you know, sidestepping kind of story, but it will always go back to them. There will never be a benefit for you. Thus, do not engage with them, right? Because there's no benefit in it for you. And then... What does this have to even do with me? But it, because it doesn't, if, if it's their, pro, these are their problems, then it has nothing to do with you. And so then asking them, what does it have to do with me? If you can be direct and assertive with these sorts of questions, more than likely this, this manipulator predator will back off, right? Because they're going to see like, ooh, This person kind of gets my game. This person understands maybe some of the behaviors that I'm presenting, and it will help them to kind of back off. So I've got my boundaries in place, and I use them once I've encountered a manipulator. What can I expect back from this person in regard to pushback, perhaps? With that pushback, you know, often the person will move on, right? Um, because they're gonna they're gonna be like, hmm, I don't know that I can be a pu-, you know that they're really the pushover I thought they were, you know. And if this is something, especially if it's something immediate that the manipulator's wanting, <clears throat> they may move on to their next victim, right? Because they're truly looking for that person that they can manipulate. Path of least resistance. Absolutely. And there will be some though that are going to increase that pressure. Right. They're, they want those compliant behaviors from you. And if you've been compliant and now you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. They want you to return to those compliant behaviors. Right. So just know some people may move on and some people may put a little more pressure on you because they're going to want you to keep doing what you've been doing. And then, interesting, from that Sanford article that we talked about in our last segment, he talks about that often manipulators will change their style. So remember when we talked about that, you know, some people have that manipulation style of being the master, where they're the true bully that you recognize, right? And they're forceful, they're aggressive, they're angry. Well, they may switch their style, And now they're going to be more of that rescuer, you know, the savior. They're there to save you. They're there to help you. So be cognizant that this person may just change styles on you, right? They may go from this one person to the other person. Um, And it's important to know that some manipulators, this is where it can get a little tricky, right? If they're prone to violence, if they're prone to being dangerous, you know, physically dangerous, then this may be the person that you wouldn't necessarily um, be very confronting with. This may be a person that that really needs that distance, you know, or you'll have to be super careful, you know, when you do confront about the way you confront, like 
you don't want to be elevated like cussing and yelling and all that. You want to just be direct. Like, I'm not going to be involved in this anymore. And then put that distance in there. I think primarily what they were talking about in this piece, too, was like domestic violence, right? You've been being manipulated. And so there's like financial concerns. There could be danger for your, you know, bodily harm. And so you really want to be careful um, if you're dealing with somebody like people who gaslight. That's a little more serious. It's, there's a lot more manipulation there. And so you're going to have to be a little safer. Like we know in domestic violence relationships, a lot of times the manipulator manipulates the finances as well, right? So a person is left with nothing. They can't financially take care of themselves. So kind of be aware of maybe the level of where this manipulator works. Looking at fundamental human rights, and I want to read another quote from uh, Responsibility, Rehabilitation, and Restoration, the Catholic Perspective on Crime and Criminal Justice from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops on the, on the subject of uh, fundamental human rights. Human rights and responsibilities, our tradition insists that every person has both rights and responsibilities. We have the right to life and to those things that make life human, faith and family, food and shelter, housing and health care, education and safety. We also have responsibilities to ourselves, to our families, and to the broader community. Crime and corrections are at the intersection of rights and responsibilities. Those who commit crimes violate the rights of others and disregard their responsibilities. But the test for the rest of us is whether we will exercise our responsibility to hold the offender accountable without violating his or her basic rights. Even offenders should be treated with respect for their rights. So back to manipulation, having sketched that kind of view of fundamental human rights, how are they relatable to being manipulated? So once again, I took this information from Preston Nye, um, and he talks about fundamental rights, and, and it would be on both sides. Primarily, I was looking at this from the... Um, perception of the person that has been manipulated. But just to remember that you have a right to be treated with respect. And I have to think back to when Tierney was incarcerated and she would share stories of things that were said by various people. And there was a lot of disrespect. And every person has a, the right to be treated with respect. You have a right to express your feelings and opinions and your wants. And so all of this and thinking like this person's manipulating you, right? They may they may be disrespect dis disrespecting to manipulate you. If somebody is manipulating you and they're telling you that your feelings or your own opinions about this are wrong, <clears throat> you have the right to express, no, this is right for me. These are my feelings. These are my opinions, you know. What you want from me may not be viable for me. You know, you have a right to set your priorities. You know, you have a right to set your standards as a person, your priorities. You have a right to set your boundaries. That's your personal right. Um, 
I think this is this next one is interesting and it's probably one that's very challenging for a lot of people. I for me, this you have a right to say no without feeling guilty. I think that's so challenging for most people to say no without feeling guilty is is hard. But you have a right to do that. You don't you don't owe an explanation. Just say no. Uh, that one, I can remember my dad saying to me one time, he goes, you know, you can just tell Drew no, and there doesn't have to be an explanation behind it, right? But I felt bad. There was, I just felt bad saying no without some explanation. Um, you have the right to get what you pay for, right? So if you pay for something, you have a right to get that. You have the right to um, have opinions that are different from other people's. Everybody comes in with some different opinions on the world, on how the world works, politics, et cetera, whatever it is. We all have a right to that. Um, and I want to kind of go back to the one where it says you have the right to get what you pay for. It makes me think about like um, sometimes uh, when, especially with Drew, like I'll, I've sent care packages before and somebody feels like they'll try to manipulate him and be like, oh, well, my mom doesn't send me anything or my loved ones don't send me anything. So maybe you could share a bag of chips with me or whatever. You know, they're being manipulative. And he has the right to say, no, you know, my mom paid for this. Or if he bought something, you know, off commissary, you know, he has a right to that. He's paying for it. It's not anybody else's. But there's always there may be these people that are trying to manipulate that, right? Um you have the right to take care of and protect yourself from being threatened physically, mentally, and emotionally, right? So if somebody is manipulating you, you have a right to protect yourself. You have a right to use the protective measures we've given you to be confronting, to be assertive, to speak no, to say what you need, to say you're not going to manipulate me. You have a right to do that, to protect yourself mentally and emotionally. And if you feel like you've been manipulated and then you recognize it, you still have the right to say, you know what? This behavior is not going to continue anymore. I'm done. You have a right to do that. Sometimes the hardest part is just in the doing. Um, and you have a right to create your own happy, healthy life. You have a right to that. I think what happens, I think that the reason this was so relatable to being manipulated is when we go back to places like um, family of origin or we look at codependency, right? Often people have been raised in environments where maybe they weren't respected. A lot of kids grow up in homes where they're not respected, where their, their opinions and feelings aren't valued. More than once I've heard a parent say, well, I'm not worried about your feelings. Just do what I told you to do, Right. Um, so there was no value in that. When you've grown up in a home or where you've, if you've been in an environment where you've essentially had none of the rights that I just talked about, it's easy to be manipulated because you've not been trained up, so to speak. You've not been raised in an environment where you were taught these things. You know, like my dad telling me, you can tell Drew no. And there doesn't have to be explanation. You don't have to feel guilty, right? I had my dad schooling me in that. So I would know as a parent what to do, um, you know, or the boundaries that I want. If I didn't grow up in a home where boundaries were presented, if I wasn't taught what boundaries were, I have no idea of what this stuff is. 
And so it makes somebody to, easy to manipulate you when you don't feel like or you're not even, even aware of your basic human rights as a human being. So would it be almost as if if I'm growing up without any of that in my life, um, I don't know its value, mm-hmm. uh, let alone how to recognize it or construct it in, in my own life. And if somebody is violating boundaries, I wouldn't even know that because I don't even know what boundaries are. Exactly. Exactly. You may not know what boundaries are or let's say you may kind of know what boundaries are, but maybe I don't know how to enforce them or maybe I don't know to give consequences. How do I give consequences to this? What does that look like? I may be uncomfortable cutting people off because we don't cut family off. Family's family, right? And so some of those things come in play. People, it's amazing in counseling, I will often hear horrific stories of what families have done to each other, but this person believes I can't cut this out of my life because of family, this family tie. Right. Well, Renee, we want to thank you as always uh, for these four segments on manipulation. Uh, We're grateful to your contribution from Catholic Charities of Central Texas. Deacon Ronnie, want to thank you for being here as well. Myself, Father Harry, and Deacon, if you wouldn't mind uh, closing us with a prayer. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.